0: Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today, we are going to be doing seven bold predictions for the 2022 fantasy football season. This is our last real pre-draft fantasy football episode. I think that if you're in any real kind of fantasy league, you're probably doing your drafts this weekend, next weekend, or maybe even right after Labor Day. So the coverage is going to be kind of shifting here on the podcast after this one. But if you're looking for any of our other pre-draft episodes, any of the positional analysis, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, or any of the team analyses that I did, teams to avoid, teams to target, as well as some high upside players and a mock draft episode. They're all available on the podcast feed. We've got plenty of Options for you to help prepare for your fantasy draft. Speaking of which, if you head over to my Patreon, patreoncom slash Picks, got a lot of articles on there that are going to help you out, including five draft strategies that can help you win your league and the 2022 fantasy football draft guide. I promise it is a good investment for you if you are serious about winning at fantasy football. All right, let's hear from our friends at Anchor. Then we're going to get started with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say bold predictions, these are, in fact, bold predictions. You're not going to hear stuff on here like Jalen Hurts is going to finish as a top five quarterback. That's not that bold. I actually think that's very likely to happen. These are all predictions that, while not being necessarily the most likely outcome, are definitely in the range of possibilities and it would not surprise me at all if at the end of the season all seven of these predictions were true however it would also not shock me if zero of these seven predictions were true i'm trying to go seven for seven but like i said i am shooting for the moon here i'm trying to nail these predictions and they are pretty outrageous predictions so I will tell you why I believe each of them is true. I've got stats to back them all up, but like I said, they're bold. They're outlandish. They're made to make you think, and if you know if these increase your interest in any of these guys, make sure to draft them on your team here as your draft comes up in these next two weeks. All right, let's start off with bold prediction number one, and we're going to start off in the old NFC North Division. Full prediction number one is that the Green Bay Packers will finish the season with two top 15 running backs. Now, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but hear me out. The last team to have two top 15 running backs was only two years ago. was the Cleveland Browns in the 2020 season. Kareem Hunt finished his RB10, and Nick Chubb finished his RB11. Last season, Green Bay was actually not that far off from doing this. Aaron Jones finished his RB11, and A.J. Dillon finished his RB23. So the fact that both of these guys are being drafted about at these kind of spots I think Dylan's ADP is even further back than a running back twenty-three right now. But to me, both these guys are like rock solid draft picks to finish and beat those positions of eleven and twenty-three. Here's why. Since Matt LaFleur took over in Green Bay, when Devontae Adams has been out and AJ or I'm sorry, Aaron Jones has played. Aaron Jones has averaged 25 points per game in those games. That's insane. If that was extrapolated over the course of a whole season, he would be RB1. Also, an interesting nugget is that for the 2021 season, Aaron Jones averaged more points when A.J. Dillon was active. If you've been listening to my podcast, you know I love me some Aaron Jones. Now, here's why I love A.J. Dillon. From week four on last season, A.J. Dillon was RB15. So pretty much for the last 13 weeks of last season – or the last 13 games of last season, I guess you could say, both of the Packers running backs were in the top 15 among running backs. So I think that they're going to do that over the course of a whole season because I also think that both of these guys are in line for an increased target share. We know that Devontae Adams is no longer in Green Bay. That opens up a lot of targets, and I do believe that a lot of those are going to go to both running backs. We know that Aaron Jones is a prolific pass catcher, but did you know that A.J. Dillon also caught 92% of his targets last season? Season. He only saw 37 total targets, but he caught 34 of them. That bodes well, in my opinion, for him to see more targets because he is a reliable pass catcher. Everything that comes out of the camp in Green Bay, it does not seem like any of these receivers, except for Romeo Dobbs, are really getting a lot of high praise. So I think that we're going to continue to see a lot of targets head to running backs. And for that reason, I think that both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to finish as top 15 running backs. And that is bowl prediction number one. Now, let's talk about another pair of running backs here with bold prediction number two. In a similar situation, I also believe that the Dallas Cowboys are going to finish the season with two top 15 running backs. Now, last season, both of the Dallas Cowboys running backs, Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, played over 15 games. Elliott played the whole season, Power played 15. And Zeke Elliott finished as running back seven, and Pollard finished as running back 31. Side note, Elliott finished last season as running back seven, and he's currently being drafted at like running back 18 more or less, depending on what website you're looking at. That's around guys like James Conner, Brees Hall, David Montgomery. Like, what are we doing here? Ezekiel Elliott needs to be drafted away above those guys. I know it's not a sexy name. Nobody's going to go, oh, wow, great pick when you draft Ezekiel Elliott. But he's a guy that can win you your league because he is insanely consistent. And like I mentioned, last season he was running back seven. Now, on to why I think that both of those guys can finish top 15 this year. Amari Cooper and Cedric Wilson are both gone. That leaves a lot of targets for other Dallas Cowboys that somebody's going to have to pick up, and I think that they could go to both running backs. Both of them are very viable pass-catching running backs. Ezekiel Elliott was top 10 in touches and receptions among running back last season, so obviously think that will continue. Also, it's worth noting that Tony Poward led the league last season in fantasy points per touch. No running back that finished above him had less than 145 carries, and he had 130. So like, he significantly outperformed guys that had a lot bigger workloads than he did. I know everybody's worried about the Tyron Smith injury, but hear me out. I think that kind of helps the running backs as pass catchers because Dak may need to be checking that ball down a little bit more if he doesn't have a whole lot of time to open it up to guys deep down the field. So I think that both of them are going to be utilized in the passing game. I think that both of them are rock solid picks. I also think that if Ezekiel Elliott were to ever miss time, Tony Pollard instantly becomes a top 10 fantasy running back. So I think that both those guys are well worth rostering. They're well worth drafting. And I think that both of them will finish the season as top 15 running backs. All right, enough about running backs. Let's talk about some wide receivers. Bold prediction number three is that the Carolina Panthers will finish the season with two top 20 wide receivers. Yes, you heard me correctly. The Carolina Panthers will finish the season with two top 20 wide receivers. I know that's my boldest one yet so far, but just wait, they're going to get more and more bold as this podcast continues. Now, hear me out. In 2020, Robbie Anderson finished as wide receiver 19 and DJ Moore finished as wide receiver 25, and that was with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater, not exactly known for his deep ball accuracy, all right? So DJ Moore has spent three straight seasons with 1,200 yards receiving, and he has not finished below wide receiver 25 in those three seasons. He is like an absolute lock to me to finish in the top 20. He also was the only receiver last season who saw over 150 targets and didn't finish in the top eight. That was largely because of how inaccurate his quarterbacks were. So I think DJ Moore is pretty much a lock to get that top 20 number. Now let's talk about Robbie Anderson because Robbie Anderson, quite frankly, he was bad last season. You could not start him in fantasy at all. But Robbie Anderson is a guy who is greatly dependent on the deep ball. He is a deep ball threat. And Baker Mayfield, who has been named as the Panthers week one starter, has been top 10 in deep ball accuracy since he entered the league. That bodes well to me for Robbie Anderson. I really like Robbie Anderson in daily fantasy because all he needs is one deep touchdown and he's immediately paid off his price tag. Right now, Anderson is being drafted in the 50s among wide receivers, depending on what website you're drafting on. So I think that both of these guys will finish in the top 20. I think that Robbie Anderson has legitimate top 20 upside for somebody being drafted as far back as he is. And I think that the Carolina Panthers are going to be one of the better offenses in the league. They're going to surprise some people this season. So. That covers it for bowl prediction number three. Let's take a quick break and then let's talk about some rookies. If you like all of the stats that you are hearing in this episode and you are wondering, where can I have access to those? Well, you are in luck. Head to patreon.com slash Mike's It is all available and more in my 2022 fantasy football draft guide. Only $3 a month to subscribe to my Patreon and it will pay for itself with this draft guide. It's got all the information that you're hearing and more. So head on over to patreon.com slash Mike's It is the draft guide that will help you win your league this season. Bull prediction number four is that Damian Pierce of the Houston Texans will finish the season as the highest scoring rookie regardless of position. In other words, Damian Pierce is the rookie that will score the most fantasy points. Now I'll talk about why I like Pierce here in just a second, but let me go over the players here that he's going to have to beat. The first one The most notable one is Brees Hall of the New York Jets who is a very talented player but I believe he's currently in a committee with Michael Carter in terms of touches in that backfield and also think that the Jets are going to be trailing a lot which does not bode well for a troop between the tackles running back. He'll also need to beat Brian Robinson of the Commanders who is shooting up fantasy draft boards because he is probably going to be the early down back in Washington but he will not be on the field in third down. He's still competing with Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick and I just don't think that the upside is there. I think that Pierce has a lot more upside. And then the other rookie running back is Kenneth Walker III, who again, very talented player out of Michigan State, but he's in a committee in Seattle with Rashad Penny, and he's also hurt to start the season. So it doesn't seem that bold to say that Damian Pierce will be the highest scoring rookie running back when you listen to those other three situations. Now he's also going to have to beat out all rookie wide receivers. Notably, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are both you know, supremely talented players out of Ohio State, but we really don't know how much targets they're going to receive, and there's also question marks at quarterback on both of those teams in terms of how accurate either of those guys are. Now, Drake London is probably the most bold one out of this list in terms of saying that Pierce is going to outscore London because London does figure to be the Falcons' number one wide receiver, but a lot of question marks at quarterback on that team and he's still going to be competing with Kyle Pitts as well as the running backs like Cordero Patterson for targets. So I just don't see the total upside there with London. Pierce on the other hand is going to be a three down back in an offense that is going to run the football. You can't sit here and tell me that the Texans seriously think they're going to win by having Davis Mills throw it 50 times a game. That's not going to happen. Pierce is a three down guy. He has red zone ability. He has pass catching ability and he figures to be the workhorse there in Houston. And so for that reason, I think that he has a lot of upside. He has the easiest path to finishing top 10 at his position of any of the rookies. And so prediction number four is that Damian Pierce will lead all rookies in scoring this season. All right. Well, if you thought that one was spicy, we got some even more hotter takes coming up. Heading over to the AFC North division for this next one. Bowl prediction number five is that... On the Cincinnati Bengals, T. Higgins will outscore Jamar Chase. Now, let me be 100% clear. If I am in a draft and I'm choosing between these two players to draft, I am still drafting Jamar Chase because he, I think he has a little more upside because of his deep ball ability and you know the proven track record with Joe Burrow. However, what I'm beginning to notice the more and more research I do is that there is a path And I think it's actually a very legitimate possibility that T. Higgins will outscore Jamar Chase. Hear me out. Last season, Jamar Chase outscored T. Higgins by 85 total points. Jamar Chase had seven more touchdowns than Higgins last season. That's 42 of the 85 points right there. That's about half. Now, let's also talk about Jamar Chase's week 17 performance. If you had him on your team, he very likely won you a championship. Or if you were like me and you were going up against him in two fantasy championships, he likely cost you a league title or a lot of money, depending on how your league rolls. Now, in that week 17 performance, Jamar Chase outscored T. Higgins by 46 points. One week, he outscored him by 46 points. Remember, it was 85 total the whole season. So that's like over half of that 85 in that one game. So if the touchdowns begin to even out, or if you take away the one monster chase performance, Higgins is right there in step with Jamar Chase. Now, here's more evidence for that. The Bengals played four playoff games last season. In those four playoff games, Chase only outscored Higgins by 11 points total. That's less than 3 points per game. That's pretty marginal if I'm being honest. Chase also out-targeted Higgins in the playoffs 35 to 30. So the targets were not that lopsided at all between those two wide receivers. I think that this season, now that Jamar Chase is not a rookie, teams are going to have a full season of film on him, as well as his connection to Joe Burrow, and they're going to look to limit Chase's deep targets, which is going to allow Higgins to find a little more of those short and intermediate catches that he excels at. So I think that you're going to see defenses adjust their game plan a little bit to try to stop Jamar Chase, and that's going to kind of even out that target share and even out that touchdown share, and in return you're going to see the more reliable possession receiver T. Higgins end up with the season with more fantasy points than Jamar Chase. All right, I've got two more for you. I know that one was pretty good, but I think these last two are going to be equally as good in terms of bold predictions. Let's head on down south to the state of Florida for this next one. Full prediction number six is that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will not finish the season with a top 15 wide receiver. Now, what's incredibly important to know is that that Bucs wide receiver room is very crowded right now. You've got free agents Russell Gage and Julio Jones. You've got Chris Godwin coming off of a torn ACL. And then the one that everybody is drafting as a top 10 guy right now is Mike Evans. So this is more of a Mike Evans prediction than a whole Tampa Bay Buccaneers prediction. But I'm just expanding it to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I don't see the upside in any of those wide receivers with as crowded as that room is and with the regression that is coming. And here's why last season, the Tampa Buccaneers led the league in pass attempts. That was with a 44-year-old Tom Brady and Bruce Arians as their head coach. Now, Todd Bowles is the head coach. Todd Bowles, defensive guy in his time with the New York Jets, was very conservative, played everything very close to the vest. I expect them to be a more of a ball-control, ground-and-pound type team as Tom Brady ages another year and as they look to be more defensive because of their change in coaching philosophies. So, If you think that their pass attempts are going to go down, it would stand to reason that all their fantasy points are going to go down for their wide receivers. Now, also last season, Mike Evans, like I said, he's the one that everybody's counting on in that offense to be a top 10 wideout. Last season, he finished as wide receiver nine, and he was second overall among wide receivers in touchdowns. He scored 14 touchdowns. If you think that he's in line for just a little bit of aggression, and I do, and you make those 14 touchdowns just 10, All of a sudden, right then, last season, he would have finished as wide receiver 17, which would have put him right next to Michael Pittman Jr. Side note, Michael Pittman Jr., guy that I like a lot heading into this season. But anyway, Mike Evans, I think he's in line for that touchdown regression. I don't think that he will be able to finish as a top 15 wide receiver. And because of how crowded that room is and how, you know, kind of, Balanced, I guess a way to say the target shares are going to be, you never know who's going to have a big game in that room. I just think that no Buccaneers wide receivers are going to finish in the top 15 this season. Now I did save the best one for last. So I hope you're still listening. I hope you're still tuning in. This is in my opinion, the best bold prediction that I have. I have saved it for last for that reason. And we are going to stay in the state of Florida for this last one. Bowl prediction number seven, and the last one for this podcast episode, is that Juju Smith-Schuster will outscore Tyreek Hill this season. I know, sounds crazy, but there is a path for this to happen. Let's turn back the clock to 2018. In 2018, Juju Smith-Schuster finished as wide receiver eight. Now that was in Juju's last fully healthy season. It was also with Ben Roethlisberger still, you know, playing like Ben Roethlisberger. And in that season, Juju Smith-Schuster only scored seven touchdowns. So if he would have just had a few more touchdowns, he would have finished among the top five in wide receivers, which is where Tyreek Hill was that season. Because remember, 2018 was the first season Patrick Mahomes was the Chiefs' starting quarterback. Now, let's look a little bit more recent. In 2020, he did not play a full season, but Juju Smith-Schuster finished as wide receiver 16. I think that heading into this season, Juju Smith-Schuster is healthy, fully healthy for the first time in a long time now that he's in Kansas City, and I think that he's in an offense that can very much take advantage of his skill set. Pittsburgh the last few seasons were trying to make him like this slot type, you know, like... Short and intermediate pass catching type guy. I don't think that's what he is. I think he's more of a physical, contested catch maker, you know, a lot more of a deep threat than Pittsburgh was trying to make him these past two seasons. But I also think that Pittsburgh was also trying to, you know, hide the deficiencies that Ben Roethlisberger's arm had the past two seasons because he was not good in 2020 or 2021. So, Juju is now heading over there with the Chiefs, and I don't think that you can compare the role that he's going to see to the role that Tyreek Hill had, but I do think that you can compare the target shares. I think that Juju is going to end up with a similar target share as to what Tyreek Hill ended with last season. Um, I think that Juju is going to be the guy you want in the Chiefs offense in terms of wide receivers. Now, let's talk about Tyreek Hill. So I don't think that Tyreek Kill is in line for the same target share that he got when he was in Kansas City because of the presence of Jalen Waddell. Jalen Waddle last season finished as wide receiver 13 and he saw 140 targets in the Dolphins offense. Those targets aren't going away. Jalen Waddle has a chemistry with Tua Tagovailoa from college. He also is a guy that excels at taking those short and intermediate passes and getting a lot of yards after the catch. I don't think that Jalen Waddell's going away. So I think that Tyreek Hill is immediately going to be competing for targets over there in Miami. And so if he doesn't have the same target share that he got in Kansas City, I don't think that it's reasonable to expect him to say, to score the same amount of points that he did when he was in Kansas City. So I'm expecting a little bit of fall off from Tyreek Hill. I'm expecting a little bit of increased production from Juju over there in Kansas City. And so, bold prediction number seven is that Juju Smith-Schuster will outscore Tyreek Hill in fantasy this season. Now again, like I said with Chasen Higgins, if I'm in a draft, I'm not drafting Juju over Tyreek Hill. But I do see there being a path to Juju outscoring Tyreek Hill and being a better fantasy wide receiver than Tyreek Hill this season. Now we've talked a lot on this podcast about range of outcomes. That is in the range of outcomes. Do I think that it is the most likely outcome? Probably not. I'm still drafting Tyreek Hill ahead of Juju, but it is a possibility. And I hope that listening to this podcast, listening to these bold predictions, open your eyes to some of these possibilities and maybe change your opinions on these guys just a little bit. Anyway, I don't know if I'm going to go seven for seven on those bold predictions. I hope I don't go 0 for seven, but I think I'm going to get at least one or two of them correct. And I'm hoping that I can get a majority of them correct this season. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. Best of luck in your fantasy drafts the next few weeks. Again, if you want more fantasy football content, head over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's money picks. Thank you for listening and I will see you next time.